Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. Hope you guys are doing well this weekend as we just had Kansas Speedway get completed for both the Truck Series as well as the Cup Series here this weekend. And there's a lot of stories going into the All-Star Weekend. We had a new winner here for the 2022 season, a driver that a lot of us may or may not have thought was going to be victorious this year, but his consistency in the last couple of years have shown that he can get at least one win per season. We'll talk about him in a little bit. We also got a truck series race. We have a repeat winner there that we're going to talk about, and we're going to look at the biggest takeaways from each and every race, as there was definitely some big takeaways for the Cup Series, but let's first start off with the truck series race. It is now time to look at the annual Heart of America 200. This is the eighth race of the 2022 season for the Camp World Truck Series. Alrighty, so let's look at a few statistics before we dive into it. We had 35 trucks enter into this race, which meant nobody had to miss it. I think this is the first race for the Truck Series this year that they went underneath 36 trucks. So I guess good for the drivers and teams for sure that entered into this race. We had a total of four cautions for 19 laps and nine lead changes amongst five different drivers. Not too much action going on up front because there was one driver who absolutely dominated this race, and it was the number 38 machine. I'm talking about Zane Smith gets his third win of 2022. He is dominating this year with Front Row Motorsports, and he's once again in victory lane this time at Kansas Speedway. Finishing second, we have the number 66 of Ty Majeski. Finishing third was the number 23 of Grant Enfinger. Finishing fourth, we have the number 18 of Chandler Smith. In the ninth, fifth spot, excuse me, was the number 98 of Christian Eckes. Finishing sixth was the number four of John Hernemacek. Finishing seventh was the number 25 of Matt Benedetto. In the eighth spot was the number 19 of Derek Cross. Finishing ninth was the number 88 of Matt Crafton. And right at the top 10 was the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. Some noticeable drivers finished outside the top 10 that we should mention. Finishing 12th was the number 17 of Riley Herbs. Finishing in the 14th position, we have the number 52 of Stuart Friesen. Carson Hosefar cannot get another second place finish in this race as he finishes 15th with Haley Deegan in the number 1 in the 17th position. And then moving down the roster all the way down into the 33rd position, we got Corey Heim, one of the fastest rookies in the race. Unfortunately, ran into some mechanical issues and he finishes 10 laps down the 33rd position. And Jesse Iwuji comes down here into the truck series for the number 43 machine. Unfortunately, he was too slow on the racetrack, so they told him to park it on just lap number 24. And that's your final results here for the annual Heart of America 200. So big win for Zane Smith. What a difference a year makes. He was in the number 21 machine last year, and he honestly did not know where he was going to go. It almost felt like that that was going to be his last year, and it was like, really? Nobody's picked him up yet. And Front Row Motorsports answered the call. They were just like, man, we're going to pick this driver up. And it has paid them wonders. Look how great Zane Smith is doing this year. It has been unbelievable. He wins at Daytona. 
He wins at Circuit of the Americas. Now he wins here at Kansas. Just a phenomenal job all around for this number 38 team. And it's not just a fluke either that he's winning these races. He is winning them in dominant fashion. I mean, led 108 laps out of the 134. That's almost a perfect race. It really is. So great job for him. And man, this number 38 team, they're just adding points on to the playoffs. Basically, the first round is just going to be a gimme to them. Because if they keep getting wins like this, because everyone else only has one win so far. And some of these races, uh, there's been drivers from the upper series who have came down to win it. Example, William Byron. There's been no repeat winners besides Zane Smith. So great job for him and Front Row Motorsports. This race overall was kind of lackluster for a truck series race. We're used to a race that has about 25% of the race running on the caution. We did not get that at all in this race. And I'm not saying that I'm a huge fan of trucks wrecking. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying there, there just wasn't too much action going on. Yes, there was a little bit of concerns following the tires and a little bit of pit stop strategies. I mean, it worked in the favor of Matt Benedetto there near the end. But other than that, the drivers who were running up front stayed up front for the entire race. I mean, Zane Smith finished third and first. Ty Majeski, who had his best career finish here in the Truck Series, that move to Thor Sports was a great move for him because now he gets 51 points for this race, and he's been running up front most of this time. So definitely a good move for them, but he finished second and fourth in both the stages. Then he had John Hearn Nemechek, he finished fifth and third and then in the stages and finishing sixth overall. The only one who did not finish where they should have was two drivers, Tanner Gray in the number 15, who finished in the top 10 for both stages but finishes 18th. And then Corey Heim in the number 51. And Corey Heim was probably the biggest competitor to Zane Smith, but then ran into some mechanical problems. I mean, Kyle Busch Motorsports, we all know, have some of the fastest trucks out there. They were all running up front, but unfortunately, the one who was the strongest was the one who ran into some problems. And unfortunately for him, he will be credited with the 33rd position. But definitely keeping an eye on Corey Heim for some future races for sure, because if he's competing against these guys, then... There will be no doubt in my mind that he could be the next repeat winner here in the Truck Series. A team that kind of let me down in this race, uh, well, let's stay with the positivity because Thor Sports definitely deserves a pat on the back, getting all their trucks inside the top 10. I feel like it's been a while since we've been able to say that. I mean, there's been a few races where it just seems like things just fall apart for at least one of those trucks. Not this time. They all finished in the top 10, so overall good run for them. And then Derek Cross's team with Kobe Howard in the 19 and 91, they finished 8th and 11th. Good job for that team. They needed a good finish for both their trucks, and they finally got it as well. And then Riley Herbst, I was expecting a little more out of Riley Herbst, not going to lie. When you see one of the Xfinity Series or Cup Series drivers go down here to this number 17 truck, you kind of expect him to run around the top five, and he just didn't really do that. So I'd say that was the first bummer, and then I'd say another bummer. Once again, Nice Motorsports struggles again, this time now with Carson Hosevar finishing outside the top 10. Uh, We know Carson Hosevar is a really great driver, and he's the one representing this team, but my goodness, I just feel like Nice Motorsports has had a real fall from grace in the last couple of years because Lawless Allen is a rookie, Dean Thompson a rookie, and they're really struggling right now. Chris Wright, he got into the wall in the middle of this race, just not getting the finishes that they want, and it's starting to affect this team. I'd hate to see Nice Motorsports have to downsize because they're not putting in the good results, and hopefully they can step things around, but here at Kansas, they were not able to do so. Carson Josefar did have some highlights by finishing the top 10 stages, but that was about it, and I'd say a downer was David Gillen Racing. 
I mean, like we said, we talked about Riley Herbst in the number 17, not even getting any stage points at all for that number 17 team for owner points. And then Tanner Gray, who was running around the top 10, kind of like Carson Josefar, he fell off and finished 18th. And then Haley Deegan, I guess... I guess it's a good thing for Haley Deegan. She needs top 20s right now, especially as how brutal the beginning of this year has been. But still, I want to see her get a top 10. I want to see this team get more top 10s because they are more than capable of being able to do that. But just not able to do it here at Kansas. There's really not much to talk about. This race was a pretty mellow race, dominated mostly by one driver and the other driver that was able to compete against him ran into some problems. So unfortunately, we got that for the Truck Series race. I'd give it a C. Um, definitely not one of those races you want to sit down and watch the whole race. But you can check out the highlights just to catch up. I mean, it wasn't a terrible, terrible race. Just not too much action per se. So that will conclude that. Now let's move on to the big race. We're talking about the 13th race of the 2022 season for the Cup Series. Let's look at the final results for the Advent Health 400. Alrighty, so a few statistics before we dive into it. We had a total of 36 cars. Only the charter cars once again uh, enter into this race. No open charter cars, which kind of surprised me. I would think at least the number 44 car would step in. I just feel like a mile and a half track would be right up their alley, but I guess not. We had eight cautions for 47 laps. Uh, Quite a few amount of cautions here for the Cup Series once again. It's just the product of the next-gen car. And 18 lead changes amongst 10 different drivers. It was a lot of action going on up front. And the person who won the race led the most laps, easily the best car of the weekend and of Sunday's race. But man, I don't think many people expected this, but the number 45 of Kurt Busch is victorious here in the 2022 season. 23-11 gets their first win of 2022, and Kurt Busch locks himself into the playoffs. He's your winner here at the Advent Health 400. Finishing second, we have the number five of Kyle Larson. Finishing third was the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Finishing fourth, we have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Finishing fifth was the number 20 of Christopher Bell. Finishing sixth was the number 19 of Martin Truex Jr. Finishing seventh was the number one of Ross Chastain. Finishing eighth, the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. In the ninth spot was the number 48 of Alex Bowman. And rounding out the top 10, the number 23 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing 11th was the number two of Austin Sinrick. Finishing 12th was the number 12 of Brian Blaney. In the 13th spot was the number three of Austin Dillon. Finishing 14th was the number six of Brian Keselowski. Finishing 15th was the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. Finishing 16th was the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing 17th was the number 22 of Joey Logano. And the 18th spot was the number 16 of Noah Gregson. 19th, the number 7 of Corey LaJoy. And rounding up the top 20 was the number 42 of Ty Dillon. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20 that we should mention. Chase Briscoe in the number 14 unfortunately finishes one lap down in this race. He's credited with the 24th position. Chris Buescher finishes 27th overall. He had a really rough race in this one. Chase Elliott had a really good race until the end when he had a flat tire and unfortunately that took him out of contention uh, since he was stuck in the grass. Three laps down he is credited with 29th with Tyler Reddick right behind him in the 30th spot. Eric Jones has nut problems and he finishes 32nd. I don't know any other way to say that. Then round out the field, the number 78 of BJ McLeod out by lap number 32 to chassis issues. And that is your final results here for the Advent 400 at Kansas Speedway. So first things first, hands down, congratulations, big win for the entire Toyota camp. Not just 2311, but the entire Toyota camp. They finished 1th through 10th. Six of the Toyotas, all six of them, were able to finish in the top 10. What an incredible job compared to the beginning of the year where they were struggling to keep up with the Fords and the Chevrolets. I don't think that's a problem anymore because they were able to take 
four out of the out of the top five positions, and then Martin Trex Jr. finishes sixth, and Bubba Wallace finishes tenth. Just unbelievable job by them, and it wasn't a fluke either. These guys were running up front for the most part of this race, and they just did an awesome job overall as a manufacturer. And congratulations to 2311 focusing on them now because Kurt Busch, it's always one racetrack. I, I don't get Kurt Busch. It, it's cool. If you're a Kurt Busch fan, you're just sitting there like, he's going to win one race. When is that one race going to be? And most of the time, you can bet it on a mile and a half track. And he does it once again at Kansas. I guess this is the first time he's ever won at Kansas, which absolutely shocked me. But yeah, it's kind of uh, also at the same time not too shocking because I guess back then he was more dominant at the shorter racetracks and not the mile and a halfs. But of course things changed when he moved on over to Chip Ganassi Racing. But I'm I'm going down a rabbit hole. What I'm trying to say is big win for this team because of multiple reasons. One, they're trying to keep up with Trackhouse Racing. Everyone knows how great Trackhouse Racing has been this year. I mean, Ross Chastain has had a phenomenal run throughout the 2022 season. They started at the same time as 2311 in kind of the same boat. They both started with one car, and then the following season, which is this season, they upgraded two cars. And everyone's talking about Trackhouse, and everyone's like, well, what's going on with 2311? Why aren't they competing right now? Well, Kurt Busch delivering this win may stop a lot of those people questioning this team because, holy cow, when they're competing with Joe Gibbs Racing as far as speed goes, that's when you know you got a really good team put together. It wasn't that the team was struggling. It was the Toyota brand mostly struggling. And now they finally put things together. You're not going to just see Denny Hamlin, Kyle Busch, and Martin Trex Jr. running up front. You're going to see people like Christopher Bell, Kurt Busch, and Bubba Wallace. At some points, Bubba Wallace had a super fast car. Unfortunately, his pit crews let him down in this race. And I think that was a big takeaway from this race. A lot fell on the pit crew's hands overall because a lot of mistakes were made on pit road and that was kind of the determination on who was going to be running up front and who was going to fully slow back, fall back. Because the drivers were having a little bit of a hard time passing. Of course, you have some people who were able to pass, but not a whole lot. But man, when those pit crew members would screw up, it was terrible for those teams. And you saw people like Denny Hamlin fall back a couple times due to pit problems. Kyle Busch lost nine positions after winning the first stage, who was another person that struggled. Christopher Bell at one point had problems on pit road. Ross Chastain had problems. Everyone had problems, but nothing was comparable to the number 43 of Eric Jones. I don't know what in the world happened with that whole situation, but that lug nut was screwed on there so tight, unbelievably. They did everything they could, and then finally, they just cut the wheel off to try to get that lug nut off. It took them, what was it, like seven laps before they could get it off? Unfortunately, it ruined his day, but my goodness, we've been seeing problems with uh, the tires not staying on. This was not the situation. This was a tire that wouldn't come off. <laughs> Unbelievable by that. And definitely kind of makes you question a little bit more about the them going from five lug nuts to one lug nut. I, I, I kind of get it. You don't want to see these fines of people only having four lug nuts, three lug nuts. And a lot of the racing um, can sometimes be determined by just those five lug nuts. So... There's a, there's a few reasons why I could understand why they went to the one lug nut. But man, it is affecting so many teams. Seeing four-week suspensions, seeing incidents like this going on, and actually the tires in general were a big problem in this race. Well, that's a good segue into this because I think this was the biggest thing that a lot of people were talking about. Tire issues for teams. And a lot the announcers said that it was mostly due to them putting low tire pressure on there. 
but it was still unbelievable. I mean, William Byron at one point was leading the race and then gets a flat tire. And then Martin Trex Jr. coming to two to go in the second stage, he gets a flat tire. And Chase Elliott gets a horrible uh, tire problem happen to him, and it throws him down in the grass area. It was just something that a lot of people got a little nervous about because you hate to see tires keep uh, going out with around 25 laps. Because it kind of almost reminds you a little bit of the 2008 Indianapolis race, except this was nothing compared to that. There's nothing going to be as horrible as that. But it's kind of a little bit of a shame when you see tires just not lasting out on the racetrack. Because it could take out some really good um, drivers who were just running just fine until that happened. I mean, William Byron, once he had that tire issue, he could never fully recover. I mean, yeah, at one point he went up to 10th place, but he was a top 5 car for sure. And he finished his 16th overall. And then Martin Trex Jr., he was the only one who kind of really recovered from a tire issue. Um, also, I think, what was it, Kyle Larson? I think he suffered a tire issue. And Christopher Bell. Just a lot of drivers with... Um, that kind of problem, and it kind of brings a lot of concern, and I'm pretty sure NASCAR is going to look into that, and it's a little bit worrisome, but they're going to be doing more tire tests, but that's definitely something to take away from this Kansas race. It's The tires are struggling at some racetracks for sure, but let's go back to more positivity. I know I went from Joe Gibbs Racing to Eric Jones to the tire issue, but one person, or excuse me, one team I want to talk about is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and JTG Dortry Racing. These guys are becoming the new top 10 guys, and it's really cool to see that because they are not a high-funded team. They're one of the lower-funded teams, and three top 10s in a row. A good pat on the back to Ricky Stenhouse Jr. for making this team a little bit competitive here in these races, and these last few races were not very um, comparable races. I mean, Dover, Darlington, Kansas, those are all three completely different tracks, and this team has been able to finish in the top 10 in every single one of them. Great job by that team. They're making steps in the right direction. Keep that consistency going, and maybe, just maybe, they can start running in the top 20 in points, maybe even potentially the top 16 in points, but I think they still need a few more good finishes, but still, you got to give credit where credit is due, and that's the number 47 team of Ricky Stenhouse Jr. One bust of a team has to go to Penske Racing. Not one of their cars finished in the top 10. Yes, I know Austin Sindrick and Ryan Blaney got some top five finishes in stage two, but I mean, when the team is finishing behind all these other teams and you're expecting a 40 points race from Ryan Blaney or potentially a 35 point race from Austin Sindrick or Joey Logano, you expect him to be running up front. You just didn't get that this weekend. And unfortunately for these guys, just not able to finish in the top 10. The Toyotas were really strong, and some of the Chevrolets, more specifically Henrik Motorsports and Trackhouse Racing, were just the better team compared to Penske Racing. So they're going to have to start over again, and we're going to be going to the Texas All-Star Race as well as Charlotte. So they got to figure out their mile-and-a-half program because they're not getting away from it here in these next two weeks. We are going to exact same racetracks, so we'll see what happens. But right now, disappointing finishes by those guys. And Ford as a whole, honestly, I mean, when I said Austin Sindrick finished 11th, he was the highest finishing Ford. Stuart Haas Racing, they didn't have much going on. Kevin Harvick was a big letdown in this race. A driver we felt so confident that could finish in the top seven, uh, one of the most consistent drivers at this racetrack, just couldn't do it. And he was making some quite interesting mistakes, like spinning out on pit road, uh, exiting pit road. 
that's an unbelievable mistake from Kevin Harvick. And unfortunately for him, he finishes outside the top 10 once again. And it hurts a few fantasy teams because I told a lot of people, keep him as the third pick. He, he's going to be consistent at this racetrack. And that was the exact opposite. But Stuart Haas Racing just struggled as a whole as well. Cole Custer finished 22nd. Chase Briscoe finished 24th. Chase Briscoe spun out in the first couple of laps. So that was kind of a, a telltale of what was going to happen in this race. And then Eric Amarola, 26th. Just, man... Top team needs some help. Now, there's some rumors about manufacturer changes, but I don't think that has anything to do with their struggling going on right now. Another team that kind of struggled in this race really badly was RCR. More specifically, Tyler Reddick. Holy crap. Talk about a race that went from 100 to 0 just like that. Uh, he was running around the top five at the beginning of the race looking really racy and looked like it was going to be another good race for him. And then it just all fell apart for him. I could not believe it. It was just like, you got to be kidding me. What other bad luck is he going to get in this race? Hitting the wall, tires going down, speed deaccelerating. He said that he was having a problem with the race car. I think it just slowly just um, compounded as time went by. And he finished his 30th overall in this race. Yeah, if you're an RCR fan, you are not remembering this race for anything. Yeah, you had Austin Dillon finish 13th. But Austin Dillon should be getting top 10s at this point. And Daniel Suarez, the bad luck continues for him. And his teammate finishes in the top 10. Has the same speed as him, but then spins out and then gets stuck because of the tires. And he goes multiple, and I mean multiple laps down, and he finishes 33rd. Daniel Suarez is going to have a good race here coming up. We, we know it is. He's going to have one because Trackhouse Racing has been phenomenal. But unfortunately for this team, they're just having horrible, horrible luck. We've been talking a lot about Denny Hamlin having bad luck. I don't think Daniel Suarez is that far behind him because he has had some great race cars at some tracks. And it hasn't been every track, but every time he has a good car, something bad happens to it. I think that's the worst kind of luck because anytime you just get think you're going to get a break, you ain't getting it. So... Bummer for Daniel Suarez once again finishing outside the top 30. I think they're in a must-win scenario at this point just by how their luck has been going. And honestly, I think everyone is in a must-win scenario. We're up to 11 victors in the 2022 season, and I think we're going to hit 16 winners. And if you don't believe me, I mean, you still got people like Martrex Jr. trying to get their win. Uh, Christopher Bell can get a win at this point. Uh, moving down the roster, who are some other people who haven't gotten a win yet? Uh, Bubba Wallace, if this Toyota camp's starting to figure it out, he might be a potential person to get a win. Ryan Blaney can definitely get a win. Um, Kevin Harvick or someone else from Stuart Haas Racing, if they have a good race in New Hampshire, they could get a victory. And then just anything can happen at Daytona. Anybody can collect a win from there. So there's still a lot of things up in the air, and you, you don't know who's going to lock themselves into with a win. So at this point, you better get your victory because if you don't have a victory – then you could be in big trouble for missing this playoffs. And I think people like Ryan Blaney are starting to feel that because even though he's had a pretty good season, he is still technically 12th in the points just because he does not have any victories. And that is very worrisome, especially with these upcoming racetracks. So much unpredictability can happen. And who knows? I think you just got to get a win. But overall, this race was an all right race. Not going to say it was a phenomenal race. The ending was really good. I really enjoyed the Kyle Bush, Kyle Larson, and Kurt Bush battle. It was either the Kyle Kyle show or the Bush show. Either way, it was a lot of fun against those three drivers running up front. They put on one hell of a show for the Kansas fans. I'd say the downer was the tire issues. You definitely don't want to see a race come down to tires. And so I just give this race um, a 7.5 out of 10. 
If you do not have the tire issues, then I rated a really high race, but compared to the other races, you don't want to see this much problems going on or this much worrisome on one specific thing. So it is what it is, but overall, this Kansas race, I say was really good, but congrats to Kurt Busch on getting a, yet again another win here in the Cup Series. And that will conclude the final results for today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. The league did really, really good this weekend. Good job to all you guys. We had 15 people get 200-plus points this weekend, and we had one person get 234 points. That is good old Thundergun 3 with 234. He now ties me overall in the points. It is getting really close. As I finished second, tied with Mechanical Manny at 227. But that's all he needed to tie up with me. So right now that battle up front is still going really well. But overall, you guys have been doing great. Uh, let's look at the overall points. Um, Vanilla Wafers, which is me and Thundergun, are tied for first at 2507. Daytona Johnny is still hanging in there at 2446. And Turn Sheen right behind him at 2430 and rounding up the top five. We got Beer Guys 72 at 2388. It's been a lot of fun here in the Fantasy League, and you guys are proving that you guys know your NASCAR and you know which drivers to go with. And just great job for you guys. It's been so much fun. We're up to 40 members which is great. Two people still have not made their picks yet. I'm wondering when you guys are going to make your picks, but <laughs> but still, lots of fun. So thank you guys so much for joining. If you want to join that, it's fantasygames.nascar.com. You can also follow me on social media at TylerV33 for Twitter, or you can look up Vanilla Wafers 44 on TikTok where I post daily NASCAR videos. We're currently doing the 64-man bracket to determine who the best driver is ever according to you guys. It's been a lot of fun and been a lot of interesting matchups here in the round of 64. The most noticeable ones who just came up was Rusty Wallace going up against Davey Allison. That's a good matchup. And then Martin Trex Jr. versus Denny Hamlin, I believe it was. Um, or no, Martin Trex Jr. versus Carl Edwards. Great matchup, so if you want to vote on that, you can do so on any of those pages. And like I said on YouTube, we hit a 1,000-plus subscribers, and I can't thank you guys enough. That is so awesome. So thank you. Appreciate it. For all you guys who listen in every single week, it's been an awesome 2022 season, and it will only go up from here. But above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>